Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Honestly, what the fuck was that commercial in the middle of the episode of The Real Houses of New York? What the fuck was that? Excuse my French, but there was a full-blown commercial for an Anne Hathaway movie in the middle of the goddamn episode of The Real Houses of New York, and I have never seen anything like it. I have never. I was shocked. Jaw dropped. I mean, we've seen quite a few things on this show that have been shocking. We've been through divorces. We've been through deaths. We've been through friendship breakups. We've been through Bethany calling Luanna whore. We've been through it all. And yet this was maybe the most shocking thing I've ever seen in the Real Houses of New York history. And it kept going on and on. It just, every time I thought it was over, Dorinda would just be like, and, you know, and Rebel. Rebel Wilson, I couldn't believe her performance. And then Sonya would be like, and Anne's tears. Anne Hathaway is great. It was very bizarre. And I wonder how much they paid for it. The hustle had to have paid a top dollar. Because we've seen these integrated movie ads with our Bravo celebrities in commercial form, right? Like, currently, Jiggy is hawking The Secret Life of Pets 2. You know, the Jiggy... (laughs) Jiggy's on commercials left and right, hawking movies... And we've, of course, had we had that Mamma Mia ad a while back where it was like Luann and Dorinda and Sonia maybe doing the Mamma Mia, here we go again ad, which that was thrilling. The personal high point for me was when the Vanderpump Rules cast did Pitch Perfect 3. Do you remember that? Kristen Doty was just singing. <laughs> Kristen Doty doing acapella was the high point for me in these ads. But I've never seen anything like this in the middle of an episode. And I don't believe that they filmed it. I don't believe that they filmed it when they filmed the rest of it. I feel like they really just filmed it like last week and then stuck in an episode. And I will not be bamboozled. I will not be bamboozled, although I will probably go see this movie now. You know, Sonia Sonia said it was a great performance by Anne Hathaway, and I was like, I'm in. So maybe it was effective marketing, but I do feel like they were bamboozling us. And I don't I don't appreciate that. You know, Bravo, I'm on to you. I'm on to your ways. And if this keeps happening, I just want you to know, I will call it out. We will call it out. Because it is not appropriate to just be tricking us into seeing things in the middle of an episode. Like, I don't want to be sold things. That happens on scripted stuff, right? Like, I just saw the Avengers movie, and there was, like, a lot of Audi Audi cars. You know, it was like a car commercial a lot of the time. And that's for my movies. That's for my scripted stuff. But on the unscripted side, like, I will not be bamboozled. I do not want Tinsley Mortimer in the middle of an episode, just going to see a new Sandra Bullock movie. Unless it's on natural. You know, I don't want to feel like these people are forced to talk about their performances. So, wow, Bethany, wow. That was a shocking way to uh, watch the episode. I was shocked. Truly shocked. Jaw dropped. Anyway, I'm Danny Pellegrino. Welcome to Everything Iconic. How's everyone doing? It's just me today. No guest. I had a lot of Bravo liberties early on in the week. And it's just me. I'm just going to be recapping this episode of The Real Houses of New York, which I loved. But we had a lot of things happening this episode. Before I get to the meat of the episode, I do want to say that I received my Ageless by Ramona skincare cream. So they promised it between 8 and 10 business days. I got it on, like, the 11th business day. So it was just outside the frame. You know, it was just outside the time frame that was promised. So I think that's okay. Of course, we're all used to getting things via Amazon Prime, like, same day. but. I just want to say that I'm liking it so far. I've only been wearing it well, like five days now or something like that, but it's great. It came in a bigger bottle than I expected. I don't love the bottle. So it's got this weird twist off thing or twist top. And when you squeeze it out, the twist top goes down. I don't know how to explain it properly, but I don't love it. I don't love the bottle. 
but the product itself is really good. It gives you like, you can almost smell the vitamin C, like it tastes like orange juice or smells like orange juice. So I like that. It feels clean on. I've been wearing it before bed and every morning. Just put a little, a little dabble, do ya? And look, I feel good. My skin feels great. I don't know if it's the Aegis by Ramona or if I've been getting more sleep lately. I don't know, but I do like it so far. You know what? It feels really good on my neck. You're supposed to put it on your neck. And as we age, our necks tend to age faster than the rest of us. And so I've been putting it on my neck and it feels good. Like it feels like it's tightening the neck. You know what? I'm not talking about this anymore. It's a personal matter. I want this closed down. Okay? Stop it, Andy. Anyway, let's get into this episode. So we open on Bethany in the car with Albie, her new bodyguard slash driver. And she did say online, Bethany said, Kevin is gone. He moved on. I I still need to know where he's at. I feel like Bethany gave a response on Twitter that was like, you know, Kevin just moved on. He wanted other opportunities. And I feel like something else happened. You know how when a housewife leaves the franchise, like when Carol left, she was like, I'm leaving. And it's like, you got fired. You know, when a housewife leaves, they always get fired. So they might say in a public statement that, oh, I'm leaving the show. But that's usually because Bravo is like, okay, we'll let you make the statement. But they got fired. Like, none of these people are voluntarily leaving. So I think that's what happened with Kevin, too. I don't think he voluntarily left. I think Bethany was like, I'll make a statement for you. Or you can make a statement. <laughs> Kevin didn't give out a press release. But I feel like Bethany would have let him. But something else happened there, I believe. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. Anyway, seeing her with Albie, it seems like we're going to get a lot of Albie. Because we saw him last week, and now this week he seemed to be in a lot, a lot of Bethany talking to Albie. Of course we can't see in the court, which I wish we could. I know it's a private space. But I feel like it would be interesting to see. I'm curious what goes on, because I feel like Bethany and Jason's relationship is still very confusing. Like, we see these things, and of course I think he's a complete monster. But there is, I feel like there's another side of the story that we're missing. And I just wish we could see it. And it's confusing to me. Of course, he's a monster, but it's confusing. It's like seven years. That's so intense. And I don't know, I've never been gone through a divorce, but seven years seems like a very long time for a custody battle. And then there was like accusations of drug use that weirded me out. Like he wanted Bethany to take drug tests. And Albie, of course, sticks up for her and says, Bethany doesn't have time to drink water, which she should drink some water. It's good for you. But I know it bums me out. And then there was like one paparazzi there, which was sort of sad to me for some reason. Uh, I was also thinking during, during this whole scene, like, would I have sex with Albie? Like, I was trying to figure out if he was attractive or not. I think I landed on, yes, he was very attractive. But TBD. Then we cut to one of my favorite scenes, which was Jill, Zarin, and Luann. And last week on the show, or when Hannah was on, we were talking about Heather Thompson saying, hey, mama, hey, mama. Well, you guys, Luann is carrying on the torch because she walked into the scene with Jill Zarin. (laughs) Hey, mama. (laughs) I have never, I've never seen those words come out of Luann's mouth. And it was thrilling to me. Just, (laughs) hey, mama. (laughs) Hey, mama. It was so. It was so was such a weird thing. And I feel like everyone gave Heather shit for saying that all the time. And then here comes Lou just like strolling on in the tennis court, like, hey mama. <laughs> and I felt the I felt Heather's presence. And I felt like, you know, Heather's still with us. You know, people live on through other people. And Heather Thompson, Heather Yummy Tummy Thompson is living on through Luann in this tennis scene. And Jill, it was so excited to see Jill. Last week, I was just saying in the mid-season trailer, we got no signs of Jill. Like, we were complaining about not getting any Jill. And then here's Jill. And it was, you know, Luann's being just so obnoxious this season, but she said in her confessional, uh, Luann said, Jill had to deal with the death of Bobby, and I had to deal with the law. And (laughs) maybe she didn't mean it this way, but it just seemed weird to be comparing someone's dead spouse to, like, you assaulting a police officer. Like, they're not, they're apples and oranges. They're like apples and assaulting a police officer. Like they're not. They're not the same thing. And then Jill, of course, introduced us to her new dog. And I was upset because she started saying something about Ginger. She's like, Ginger. And then Luann just immediately interrupted her. And I was very upset about that. 
Like Jill was about to tell us an update on Ginger, who we've gotten to know throughout the years. And then Luann was just like, I'm going national with my show. And it was like, Lou, slow down a second. The audience needs time to catch up with Jill. We don't need to be hearing about your national tour, which I'm going to this week. <laughs> I will be there on Friday with bells on. But the point is, Luann is just obsessed with this national tour, and I'm very concerned about it. I think it's all going to her head, which some of the girls on the show are calling her out for, some of the women. And I'm concerned about it, and I think at some point it needs to stop. Do I have tickets for Friday at the wheel turn? Yes. But I think somewhere along the line, we have to say no. We have to say stop it, because it's getting embarrassing. We're all starting to turn on Lou. And, like, leave us wanting more. We shouldn't be able to see her at any given time throughout the year. I feel like we need a little break, take a breather, and then come back at the holiday time and do a little holiday tour. I mean, this has been going on over a year. I'll remind you all again. It's been over a year that we've been on tour with Lou. And this is, she's not the Stones. She's not the Rolling Stones. She's not Kelly Clarkson. Like, what is this tour? We need, somebody needs to say stop. I don't know who that person needs to be, but somebody needs to step in and say, maybe it's going to be Bethany. Looks like down the line, it's going to be Bethany. But so they start playing tennis. And you guys, I love when they play tennis on Roni. It was such an early season, early Roni thing to do. They used to always play tennis. And I, I feel at peace. And they've given us a lot of tennis this season. We had Tinsley playing tennis with Rowena and that Hawkeye. I feel truly like my happiest when they're playing tennis. And then they almost killed Joel's new dog. They almost just murdered the dog. And then they had a big old laugh about it. Lou laughed. Like, it was the funniest thing she'd ever seen. And I, I was like, Lou, like, we almost killed the dog. Like, we, it's not, this isn't a joke time that you hit a tennis ball at Jill's new dog. Like, stop. <laughs> Somebody just needs to check Luann. I don't know. She's just, like, totally oblivious to her personality. Is that a thing? <laughs> it's like such a weird, I don't know what's going on with Luann, but she needs to cool it. And I love Jill, and Jill has never looked better. She has never looked better. I feel like she is something about her. I don't think she's had any work done. Like her face does look all natural. I'm sure she's had a little, I don't know, Botox or whatever, but she looks pretty like clean, natural, healthy. And of course, she reveals that she doesn't drink, which we've known. But I didn't love how she approached the alcoholism with Lou because she's like, well, you don't drink that much. She's like, <laughs> she's like, you've never really drank a whole lot. It's like she's kind of telling Lou, like, you're not an alcoholic, which was troubling to me, but. I did like seeing Jill. Apparently, Jill has a new man named Gary. And then Jill reveals something that's been a running theme amongst this season of Housewives, and that is ghosts. So Jill reveals that she went to a psychic, and a psychic told her that Bobby, the ghost of Bobby, wanted Jill to be with someone new. And we've had a lot of ghosts. There's been a lot of ghosts this season. And of course, they're filming around Halloween time. So, you know, the supernatural is at a heightened space throughout the time they were filming the season, but a lot of ghost work happening. And then, of course, all throughout Bravo, a lot of ghost work happening because we've mentioned on the show before, Billy Lee had sex with a ghost from Vanderpump Rules. There's a lot of ghosts happening. And I'm not sure if that means Bravo is moving into a supernatural space. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm against it. I've told you guys I think there should be some sort of Ghostbusters series with Dorinda and Melinda. And I would like us to get in touch you know, maybe that witch from Vanderpump Rules we could get on here. And I would like to see a scene, you know, like, let's hear what else Bobby has to say. Maybe Bobby's got some other recommendations. Maybe Bobby could talk to Lou. I'm not sure. But I would like to hear more from any sort of psychic and ghost. Like, next season, there's going to be a ghost in the main cast. Like, literally. <laughs> Someone's, a ghost is just going to be in the main cast of one of these shows next season. And we're all going to have to accept it. Could you imagine a ghost housewife just doing their tagline? I may be dead, but I'm here to slay. <laughs> you might not be afraid of no ghosts, but I ain't afraid of no housewives. Or just like <laughs> turning around holding an apple. I left hell for this. <laughs> it's going to happen. It is what it is. A lot of embarrassing stuff this week, though. I mean, between like that ghost, the, the whole Luann Jill scene, I felt like was very embarrassing for both of them. And then like the Tinsley later on with the circus stuff. A lot of embarrassing activity this week. And I was thinking about like things like embarrassing moments in my life. And I want to take a little detour here. 
this was a time that first came to mind. So when I was in high school, ninth grade, there was this girl that I was in love with. Her name was Brittany Tozy. I didn't know. I was confused about my sexuality at the time. She looked like Jennifer Love Hewitt, too, so that confused me a lot. But very, I was like so into her. I liked her so much, and I was always so scared to talk to her. But at a football game, I went up to Brittany in the stands, and I was like, I started to talk to her finally. Like, I got the courage to chat with her, and I wanted to, like, ask her on a date, but I was too scared. Anyway, I started talking to her, and the Midwest football games are big. Like, everyone's families go, like, the whole town goes to these football games. And so I finally get the courage to talk to Brittany, this girl I've been in love with forever. And over the loudspeaker, the sound system, I hear an announcer say, Danny Pellegrino, your parents are looking for you. They're ready to leave. So that was an announcer. Danny Pellegrino, your parents are looking for you. They're ready to leave. Now, I didn't have a car at this point. I couldn't drive. So I had to get a ride home from my parents. And apparently, like, they wanted to leave early. I don't remember what the logistics were. But I was horrified. Of course, I was in the middle of talking to this girl. And I was trying to get get the courage to ask her out on a date. So I'm trying to play it cool. Like, in my head... I'm like, you know what, just ignore it. I'll go, I'll go find him when this is over. Like, a couple minutes will be fine. So then, I'm trying to play cool. I'm still talking to her. Then, over the loudspeaker, I hear a second announcement. And this time, it's my mother. And she says, Danster, we're ready to leave. Where are you at? Come on, we've got to get going. Danster. She called me Danster, which is my mom's nickname for me. But she called it over the loudspeaker. I wanted to just fade away. I wanted to just be not there, anywhere but there. And so then at this point, I'm like, okay, I got to leave. Like, I got to walk away because if there's one more goddamn announcement, I'm going to shit my pants. And I'm <laughs> like, it was a nightmare. So then I'm walking down and I walk down the stadium stands and I'm heading to like where my parents are, where the announcer person is. So I get to the front of the stadium stands and you know, the cheerleaders are right there. So then. A couple of the girls that I knew that were on the cheer squad, they decide to make a cheer out of it. And they go, D-A-N-A-S-T-E-R, your mom is looking for you. And I, guys, when I tell you, I have never been more embarrassed. Honestly, that's probably why I'm gay to this day. Been sucking dick ever since. Made me gay. Didn't want to go back to women after that. <laughs> no sense in trying after that. They made a fucking cheer. Those girls, those those bitches made a cheer. And they cheered D-A-N-A-S-T-E-R, your mom is looking for you. I mean, I have never been more horrified. My face was beat red. I ran, to, I sprinted to my parents. At that point, it was like, all bets were off. I was throwing people out of the way. I was like, get me get to my parents. This can't go on. <laughs> this cannot go on any longer. D-A-N-A-S-T-E-R, your mom is looking for you. I will never forget that cheer. I will, that cheers haunts me. Like sometimes I go to sleep and I have a nightmare and it's these two bitch cheerleaders. Excuse my French. I shouldn't call it. That's not a good word. I apologize. But it, I was so upset. You guys, I will still at nighttime hear that cheer. You know, there's a couple of reoccurring nightmares I have. One of them is that I'm running late for a class and I can't open my locker. It's like an anxiety dream. Like I can't open my locker and then I miss class. The other is that I'm back at that fucking football stadium and I'm hearing those cheerleaders sing sing song D-A-N-A-S-T-R, your mom is looking for you. Wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. That is truly my most embarrassing moment. Aside from freshman year of college, when I... <laughs> freshman year of college, I wore my cell phone belt clip. You know what I mean? Like the I had one of those belt clips that houses your cell phone. And it was the exact same one my father had. And I cannot look at pictures from freshman year of college without seeing that goddamn cell phone belt clip. Truly my biggest regret in life. But those are my two most embarrassing moments. And look, life is a series of embarrassing moments. It's a series. And so seeing these women be so embarrassing on TV, I mean, Tinsley was crying to her mother in a circus outfit. I mean, if that's not embarrassing, I don't know what is. But I had some flashbacks thinking about that. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. So then we do see Bethany getting back in the car after her court date. And apparently Hoppy was shut down. And Bethany starts crying in the car, which is so sad to me again, because it's like she's not, doesn't have anyone there to console her. Like, I wish she had a close friend or someone else besides Albie to console her and give her a hug. And she says she wants to get off the ride. 
And she calls someone, one of her partners, and she says, you know, we need to sell this company. We need to get rid of Skinny Girl. She's overwhelmed. And I just wrote my notes, get her off Shark Tank. Let's get her off Shark Tank. Let's get her out of Bethany and Frederick's spinoff. Like, we need to get Bethany out of some of these things. She's got too much on her plate, you guys. And I don't know why she keeps adding things to her plate. Like, why did she join Shark Tank? Was I thrilled to see her alongside Laurie Grenier? Sure. But I don't think that we need her on Shark Tank. I think she needs to get off that ride. And also with the relief stuff. Like, I know that she's trying to do good and she's doing so much wonderful hurricane relief and she was doing Puerto Rico relief, which is great. And somebody needs to do that. But I just think Bethany needs to take care of herself first. She's taking care of too many other people and I don't like it and I'm very worried about her. Anyway, then we cut to Tinsley and Dale and they're going to lunch or like a brunch. And there was a moment where Tinsley and Dale got out of their car. Dale. (laughs) And Tinsley says, oh no, I'm sorry. Dale says, oops, I stepped on something. I don't know what that was. And then they just moved on. And I thought, what if, what did they step on? And why are they just going willy nilly? Usually if I get out of the car and I step on something, I look down and say, what did I step on? Not these girls. (laughs) Not not these broads. Dale just kept on walking. She she just goes, oops, I stepped on something. She didn't even look down. She didn't look backwards. She didn't look down. She just kept on walking. And I thought, what if you stepped on an animal? What if you stepped on a child? You You just don't know what you stepped on. And I feel like most people, most of us listening, would look down and we'd say, what the fuck did I step on? Dale did not give a fuck. She (laughs) kept on walking. Didn't care what she stepped on. And I thought, that's Dale and Tinsley right there. Like that, that really sums them up. You know what I'm saying? It felt, it felt uh, probably the most authentic we've seen these two, the whole series. And you know, I love my Tins and my Dale. But and just, oops, I stepped on something. Keep on walking. <laughs> I love Dale. You guys, I love her. Then they go to brunch. Tinsley orders a Pinot Grigio with her eggs. And I like, I thought, that's my gal. Then, this whole conversation about the dad. So Dale says that Tinsley was close with her dad. And we've learned a lot about Tinsley's dad the past couple of weeks. And I would like to know more about the relationship between Dale and the dad. I feel like that's the link that we're missing. Because we've seen, we've seen the way Dale is with Tinsley. And I feel like we're, we're missing how the dad was. And I would like to know more about the relationship between Dale and the dad. And Scott, of course... He seems awful, you guys. He seems awful. They say that Scott likes Tinsley on Google, but he's afraid that she'll leave him. Also, does Dale have a man? Maybe this has been talked about, but does Dale have a husband, a boyfriend? Like, who's Dale with? I need to know more about Dale in general. Like, maybe we need to swap him out. Maybe we need Dale on the main cast and Tinsley as a friend. I feel like that might work better, but, you know, I'm not a producer. Anyway, then Tinsley reveals that Scott wrote her Like, fuck him. He wrote her a text message that was like a screenshot of a text message that he had with someone who's making a ring. Fuck you, Scott. It made me so fucking mad because you know guys do that? Where they just want to keep someone on. It's like such a fucking selfish thing to do. It was like Scott wanted to break up with Tinsley, but he doesn't want her to move on. So he does like a shitty thing of sending these text messages of of a conversation about rings. Like, fuck you, dude. And we all know people who do that, men and women, but mostly men. (laughs) Men are the worst. But I feel like men do that, and I do not like it. And ladies, if anyone does it to you or gentlemen, do not accept it. It's unacceptable. Call it out for what it is. It's like, fuck them. We don't say that, but now we said it. Ooh, I'm so mad at Scott. What a shitty thing to do. He just wanted to keep her on board. Ugh. Okay, then we cut to that scene of Sonia and Dorinda talking about the movie The Hustle. And again, I am never. It was next level. They talked about the movie. I mean, they, they were literally, the thing I loved about Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson was how they got along. <laughs> and then they compared one of them to Ramona. And then, oh, they were like, Anne Hathaway's good at crying. And they were like, so was Ramona. And then they did a flashback about a montage of Ramona doing fake tears, crying fake tears. But the big stuff, Ramona, that okay. you did to me, you still haven't owned it. And until okay, you do, we can't you. get past it. So I'm sorry. I tried. I think I tried. <laughs> I have a 25-year marriage that's ended. I was flirting, and I'm really sorry that you're upset. And, that's, and you can and just, that's, like, you can't, like, don't understand that. And you're turning it around and making me feel bad. 
I only have three photos. One with my daughter. The waterworks are not of interest to me. They're not. You miss Waterworks City? And one of those was a scene from Morocco when she got in that fight with Jill on the bed. And I just recapped that episode for Patreon. If you guys want to head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic and become a patron, you can listen to that recap. But it's such a funny episode because it's so over the top dramatic, that scene in Morocco. And Ramona just goes on the bed and she just starts, <laughs> like she's convulsing. <laughs> like she, you would almost, if you close your eyes, you would think she's having sex because it does not sound like tears are coming out. It's just like her body's shaking. <laughs> but it's wonderful. And then there's a flashback to the scene where she was yelling at Bethany at lunch. And Bethany says, like, I'm not going to do the waterworks. And then Ramona says, oh, you're not going to do the waterworks? You miss Waterworks City? (laughs) Just such a funny... You miss Waterworks City? And Bethany is Waterworks City. But I feel like Bethany's tears are at least real. Like, Ramona just tries to squeeze them out. And look, Tinsley's been trying to squeeze them out this whole season. Tinsley's been trying to squeeze out a tear. (laughs) Sometimes it works. Sometimes she'll be able to get one out, but it's, you know, they're all trying to squeeze out a tear, if you know what I mean. Anyway, then we cut to Ramona and Babs at the trunk club to shop. Woo! Wow. Now, Babs' jacket was rough to me right when I saw it because there were stars on the, on the elbows, and that was tough to me. But Ramona liked her outfit here. And then they walked into this place, and they are introduced to a stylist, and Ramona says, I can't stand the way she's dressing, which is so fucking rude. (laughs) And Babs is so weird. You guys, Babs, my problem with her is that a moment like this, where Ramona is telling somebody else in a room with them, she's saying, I don't like the way Babs dresses. Now, what we need from Babs is to come up against Ramona and say, like, fuck you, or get in a fight about it, because that's what we need from a housewife. Babs just sort of takes all these insults, and she just kind of is, like, showing no emotion about them. And I need her to show something. Either show me that you're sad that Ramona just insulted you in front of a stranger, or show me that you're angry, or show me that it makes you anxious. Show me any sort of strong emotion. Anything. Maybe Show me happiness. Show me that Ramona's insults to you just make you happy, because you know that Ramona's ridiculous, and no one can upset you. But as it is, Barbara just gives us this one sort of like a little smirk, and that's it. And I need more. And then Babs, you know, she had this kind of odd moment when she told the stylist, she says, I want to be cool, edgy, and fun because I love rock and roll. She says, did you ever get the let out? Talk about embarrassing. I was, I was very uncomfortable. I was almost as uncomfortable when the cheerleaders sang D-A-N-A-S-T-R at me at the whole stadium. <laughs> I was almost that uncomfortable when Barbara brought up Led Zeppelin in the meeting with the stylist. Wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. I was so, I felt like nervous. I was sweating and no one was answering. And Ramona seemed to sort of understand the reference. Like Ramona said, I used to listen to Zeppelin when I did geometry. But you could tell even Ramona was cringing inside. She sort of like looked at Babs and then kind of walked away. Like even Ramona's like, I don't think I want to be in frame for this. You know, (laughs) Ramona was literally walking off frame. Like, as this was happening, she, Ramona sort of looked down, and then she just kind of slowly walked off frame. She's like, I don't want to even be in this scene with this. Like, she was that uncomfortable. It was very weird. And then I thought, this poor stylist. You know, anytime they're with people outside of the cast, I always feel bad for the other people. Remember they were at that florist the one episode? All the people, like, that work around them. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then they put Babs in this new outfit, and one of the outfits is covering up Babs's midriff, which we know Babs loves to show the midriff, like she's Britney Spears in the Baby One More Time video. <laughs> That's a Babs. <laughs> I wish, actually, I wish we could get Babs to recreate the Baby One More Time video. You know how they do those, um, what's that Chrissy Teigen show, Lip Sync Battle? We need to get Babs on there to do Baby One More Time. We've gotten Ramona doing Oops, I Did It Again. We need Babs to do baby one more time. In the schoolgirl uniform, she could show off the midriff, get her in some... <laughs> oh, I would love that. Anyway, Ramona was such an asshole. She says, midriff not showing? Check. Like, what? <laughs> I, did, I did really love this duo together. It reminded me of that scene, do you remember years ago when Aviva joined the cast? And Ramona went shoe shopping with Aviva, and then that was when Aviva showed that she didn't have a leg, you know? And Ramona could not have been more shocked. 
Ramona, she was so inappropriate in that scene, but it was thrilling. Aviva wanted to go shoe shopping with me at Giuseppe Zanata. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I know she wears a prosthetic. So I'm so excited to see all the newest things, because you know I love your shoes. So how are we going to go shopping for shoes? Does she bring this half limb to the store? Does she take off the limb in the store? I don't even know which leg it is. Which it's, this one. it's this okay. one. It's this so one. Okay, yeah. so I notice everything. I never even noticed. Can you just, like, show me I'll show you everything, of course. Aviva, I'm kind of getting shivers. I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, okay, let's just do this for a second. Okay, if you're in a yeah. store just like this, okay, I'm going to pretend I don't know anything. Okay, I don't know you. I'm walking to a store. How do they, oh, my, Aviva. This is like a piece of artwork. I'm not saying this to make you feel good. I know, I know. You don't, you don't generally do that. <laughs> I know. I am telling you, I would never, ever know that that was a, not your leg. It looks like your leg. Wow. Yeah, I swear bathing Do you suit. swim in it? Yes. Swimming, everything. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I actually think this leg looks better than I your know. real leg. I know. I really need to get my, my real leg <laughs> I don't last. Laugh, but this is so mortifying. Your prosthetic looks Here better than your real leg. <laughs> so inappropriate. She's like, it's, it looks just like a real leg. And it was like, oh my God, Ramona. Everything she said that whole shopping trip of the Viva's leg. Wow. It was so... <laughs> but this is... I don't know why. It gave me shades of that. I loved it. And then Babs told Ramona that she's like her mom. And something clicked within Ramona, which was so weird. We never see moments click with Ramona, but somehow she had this like epiphany, this aha moment where she's like, my dad was like that, and I don't want to be like that. And I'll tell you, we skated by it, but it was the weirdest thing because we never see Ramona have an aha moment. Never. And she normally never recognizes her monster behavior. But for some reason, Babs, one little comment got through to her. And Ramona's like, oh, that's like my father. I don't want to be like that. This rare moment of clarity that was just shocking. And we just rolled on right past it. Anyway, then we see Luann with her choreographer, a man named Vivaki. I don't know if I'm getting that right. But Luann is throwing a Halloween party. What the fuck? Doesn't make sense. First of all, I thought Halloween already happened in this universe. I can't believe we're still pre-Halloween at this point. I was surprised by that. Then I was surprised by all the people in this room. So we we see this, I don't know, it's like getting ready to film this Halloween commercial, which was already very confusing. As I always say, New York gives us whiplash because it's like, we don't know what to expect. One minute we're shopping for new clothes, and then the next minute we're in a scene where someone's wearing like a dog collar, and they're filming in sexy nurse uniforms for a Halloween commercial. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I can't even figure out where we're at. And then they're just moving forward and expecting us to catch on. And this is why... Okay, you guys, I'm going to do a little breakdown for a second. So Beverly Hills gets really good ratings. And so does Orange County. New York's ratings are good. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not as good as those other franchises. And here's my theory. I think New York moves so fast. And I think a lot of people watch Bravo while they're folding laundry, or they put it on while they're cooking dinner. And I think... Franchises like Beverly Hills, Orange County, you can have those on in the background, and you don't really have to pay attention. I mean, on Beverly Hills, they'll drag out a storyline for 10 episodes, you know. And New York moves so quickly, and literally, like, you have to take notes while you're watching it. Like, even if you guys might not write down notes the way I do, but some of you, I'm sure, sit there and take notes in your head, and you're like, wait a minute, what's this event? Because it moves so quickly, you can't just fold laundry and watch. You have to give it all of your attention, because otherwise... You turn your head for a second, and then you come back to life, and you look back at the screen, and all of a sudden, Sonia's in a Halloween costume as a nurse, filming a commercial. And you're like, what the fuck's happening? Where are we? When are we? You don't know what, you know? And then at that point, if you are just kind of trying to watch it casually, you can't catch up, so you just turn it off. But Orange County, Beverly Hills, those franchises you could just sort of leave on, you don't got to pay much attention to. But New York, they keep you on your toes. And that's what I love about them. I feel like I'm watching, you know, an episode of Lost. And that's what I like out of it. But there was, there, there was someone in a chain and collar. And whips, nurses' outfits. Luann said, I'm really professional about what I do. And I thought, what is it you do? Like, I don't even know what's going on. She said to a gay man, she says, you're long, tall, and got it all. Which I love that catchphrase. And I think I give Lou a lot of allowances because she's been such an asshole this season, but I still love Lou. I have a special place in my heart for her. And I was trying to think of why. And I think ever since that special, where she revealed that she actually was a nurse, 
you remember that special they did before they were housewives? And we only got one of them. We got a Luann episode, which I don't know why we never got more. I would love to see one for every single housewife, including the housewives that are no more. I'd like a Cindy Barshop one. I'd like a Kristen Takeman one, a Ramona one, a Bethany one. Give me all of them. But Luann was a nurse, and I love nurses. One of my best friends is a nurse, and I have so much respect for nurses. And Luann did that. So I think she's so self-centered in all of the episodes we're watching, but she must have been selfless at one point to be a nurse. I mean, you have to be selfless, right? So I think that's why I give Luann a lot of allowances. I don't know. Call me crazy. It's also probably because of her hit music, (laughs) which I've had that song. Remember in the mid-season trailer, we heard her singing that song about Giovanni? I've had that in my head since last week. Feeling Giovanni. (laughs) Feeling... Literally, like, Matt walked in the kitchen the other day, and I was eating a yogurt. It wasn't a Chobani, but I was like, eating Chobani. <laughs> like, that song is a hit. And we've only heard six seconds of it. We've heard six seconds of Luann singing that new song in a trailer for one of the upcoming episodes, and I still think it's going to be a hit. I don't know if it'll be as good as, Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess. <laughs> I mean, it's going to make no goddamn sense. Feeling Giovanni, like, what the fuck does that mean? Giovanni's a dress designer, and I know we're trying to throw the catchphrases in, like that's how Lou makes a hit, but that don't make no goddamn sense. Feeling Giovanni, it's a fr- dress designer. What does Giovanni feel like? That's not a, a adjective. How the fuck does feeling Giovanni? You know, she's just making it, she's giving words new meanings. She's just doing it. It's like fucking Akuna Matata. She's just singing wherever the fuck she wants. I don't know. At least Akuna Matata, I actually feel like that's a real word, right? <clears throat> but... She's saying, feeling Giovanni, and I cannot wait for it. One day at a time, keep it cool and we'll be fine. Feeling Giovanni. Then we cut to Bethany's office. Bethany keeps reminding us. She's like, I got adult acne. I got to, uh. She forces everyone in the office to look at her goddamn zit. And Bethany exhausts me sometimes. Could you imagine working in that office? Wow. Wow, Bethany, wow. Sorry I keep saying that, but I would be not able to work in that office. Bethany always walking in exasperated and then forcing you to look at her zit. No, ma'am. Like, that's not what a boss shouldn't do that. Just force you to look at their face and be like, look at the zit. Like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I don't want to see your a- adult acne. Like, I appreciate that you are out loud and proud about it and shedding a light on a difficult issue for a lot of us. But I don't need you to force your employees to look at your zits. I like watching her business stuff. Like, she had a business meeting. I like always watching that stuff. But like we said last week, I think Hannah said it, she always walks in exasperated, but she also leaves every conversation when somebody else is mid-sentence, which is so fucking frustrated. Like, the business partner was saying something, he's like, well, I think we have... And then Bethany just walks in, and it's like so stressful to watch, and to be in a conversation like that, it's would be exhausting. So let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that circus, that nutty circus, you guys. We've got to talk about that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important, uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Then we cut to Tinsley at the Big Apple Circus. Dale ordered a drink. We saw a little snippet of Dale ordering a drink at the bar here, and they said there was saline solution in it. Now, I'm no expert. But I don't recall saline solution being a mixer. I went to bartending school. I took bartending classes. And I don't recall saline solution being a popular mixer. So I was very confused, and we just moved right past it. And I was trying to think in my head, I thought, well, it's a Big Apple theme. Like, is there some sort of tie-in to circuses? Circusi? I don't know what the right plural is of that. But is there some sort of tie-in? Because I don't really remember there being like a saline so all i think about a saline solution is for my contact lenses did they run out of mixers is that why they were maybe somebody had a bottle of saline solution in their bag in case they lost a contact lens i don't know but i felt like we needed an explanation for that and we just kept on going right past it that was another one of those moments where you get roni lip whiplash that's what we need to coin that term roni whiplash because it's just like happens and you're like what the fuck and then it's almost like we convince ourselves that it's normal And it's like, oh, oh yeah, of course, saline solution in place of soda water. Like, (laughs) we all just accept it and then move on. And we're also just accepting that Sonia's bump it. You know, that hair Sonia's been doing is just, we need to retire it. And I love Sonia and she's, Sonia's perfect this season. I think this is maybe one of Sonia's best seasons. She's light, she's funny. She's giving us a lot in her confessionals. But that hair, I'm just a little tired of the bump it. She looks gorgeous though. Sonia really does look stunning. But maybe just, I would like maybe just something a little bit different. But I like that Sonia, she goes to the circus event, which is a charity, I believe. I believe it's, is it a charity? I think it's a charity event or maybe some proceeds or something. But Sonia arrives at the circus just looking for Dick. She's like, oh, there's some hot guys there. There's some hot guys there. And I like that. She's always looking for Dick. Then we cut to Tinsley backstage and Tinsley's freaking out. I've never seen Tinsley so nervous. She was like, She was like practicing her. Okay, I'm sorry. Holy shit. I'm Tinsley Mortimer, your ringmaster. Ring Where do I go? I go here. Fuck. <gasps> I mean, she was so stressed out. I've never seen her like that. And I thought, is this for children? Is this circus event for children? Because at first I didn't see kids, and then there was children in the audience. There was like a baby. But I couldn't understand who this was for. It seemed like mostly adults were there. And then Tinsley, of course, came out, and she was doing very Disney Channel acting when she did go out. It was like a lot of big faces. She was moving hand, and she was doing hand movements that didn't make sense with the words. You know, so she'd be like, welcome to the Big Apple Circus. And she was, you know, just like waving her hands or like pointing at things that didn't connect with what she was saying. Welcome to the Big Apple Circus. I'm Tinsley. Game, set, and now I need a match. <laughs> I'm your ringmaster, Tinsley Mortimer. And she's pointing at random shit. Like, what are you pointing at, Tins? (laughs) What is this? And then, of course, Dorinda's like clapping. She's like, she did an incredible job. And in fact, she said like two goddamn lines. (laughs) She said, I'm your ringmaster. And she just pointed at shit. And then Dorinda's like, wow. Woo! (laughs) Dorinda couldn't believe it. And then Sonia, of course, found the one baby in the audience and put it on her lap. And this is when I wrote in my notes that I feel happy. They were so drunk over that wine. And they were literally cheersing over a newborn child. 
I am certain that Sonia spilled some of her wine in that baby's mouth. I'm certain of it. I would put, I bet my life on it. A few drops of that wine, when they cheersed, a few drops went into that baby's mouth, and that baby, I'm certain, got drunk. I'm certain of it. Because they just, they all put their glasses together and they cheersed all the women, Ramona, Dorinda, Tinsley, and Dale, and Sonia. They cheersed right over that baby. They ignored that baby. And, you know, when you cheers, like, some of the liquid comes out. You know, when you all bump glasses like that, it's like stuff falls out of the top. And I'm certain that some of the wine fell on that baby's mouth, or at least in the hair. Somehow that baby absorbs some of that Sunday Pinot Grigio, or, I don't know, saline solution mixed cocktail, whatever it is that they were drinking. Definitely spilled on the baby. That baby left the Big Apple Circus smelling like Dorinda Season 10. <laughs> and then Ramona has does what she's been doing all season when she leaves for a date. She's always leaving for a date. And then Dorinda even said, she's like, what a bitch. <laughs> and it is true. It's like, Ramona, we need you to stick around for the entirety of filming. You know, I'm always defending Ramona on this show because I love her. I think she makes great, ridiculous TV. But I'm going to need her to stick around. I can't have her just going in and out willy-nilly as she pleases for dates. Do your dating off cam- Like, do your dating when you're not filming. You know, schedule your dates for other times. Like, just stop believing events. I don't like it. She's always looking for dick, though, and I respect that. I do respect that. And then, of course, we're all drunk. A clown comes and grabs Sonia. Sonia tried to tongue kiss him at one point, and then she just gets on stage and she starts doing a vaudeville routine. Sonia was just doing somersaults. She was doing like wacky faces, like a, the Three Stooges or something. It was like a whole vaudeville routine. I was like, how did Sonia even know to do this? She was hysterical, hysterically funny, and Dale loved it. Dale was very into Sonia, and Dale even said Sonia's made for the circus, and she was right. And Dale liked Sonia better than Tinsley, and I'll be honest, so did I. Like, Tinsley was very forced, of course. Hi, I'm Tinsley. And then Sonia just seemed like a natural at the circus. Like, if I would have went and Sonia would have been performing in the circus, I would have been like, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course. She's great. Star. Star. Then, after the circus, Tinsley cried, and it was just a a drunk cry. She said to Dale, she said, Dale, she said, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> wait, wait, what's this accent? She didn't do an accent. She said, I'm getting emotional. I just am. I feel like I don't do anything right. And I feel bad for Tins. She's sad, you guys. She's sad. She said she should be happy about her life, but she's not. And I don't want to get too deep, and I'm not saying Tinsley has depression. But oftentimes, as someone who struggles with depression, oftentimes it can feel like when you are actually depressed, you you could kind of take a step back and think, wait, my life seems like it should be good, but I'm not feeling like it's good. So I thought that was an interesting thing Tinsley said. And I don't know her actual medical you know, diagnosis. I'm just saying that is a sentiment that I think many of us who have had depression, it's like you, it doesn't matter if your life's going great or not. It could be, you could have the best life in the world, but still something is off. And oftentimes it's just a, a, a human thing. Anyway, uh, Tinsley says, I'm miserable. I'm fucking miserable. Uh, She's crying and her costume's falling apart. And look, I know this is a sad moment, but she had those rosy cheeks and she's in a clown costume as a ringmaster or whatever the fuck that was. And when these girls are in costume and showing great emotion, it's both dark and thrilling. It's both of those things. And I loved it. I love this scene. And I do feel bad for Tinsley, too. She's like not even sure at this point. She starts crying about Scott and then her dad. And you can tell the wheels are turning inside her head because she's not sure what to cry about. And Dale is just sitting there like, you know, Tinsley, like people are dying. Like, what are you crying about? (laughs) And it was a great scene, but it went on a beat too long, didn't it? The Dale Tinsley crying scene at the end of the circus just went on a smidge too long, I thought. I would have liked to edit it down. And that's the episode. So next week we get Halloween. Finally, Luann's performing. And then more tension between Lou and B, and then Dorinda and Ramona, which is a feud that I was not expecting going into this season. I'm very excited to see play out. Although, again, it seemed like everyone got kind of drunk at the circus, and I'm glad Dorinda's not getting blackout drunk like she was the previous seasons, but I would like a little tipsy Dorinda. Is that selfish of me? Maybe that's selfish. Anyway... That's the episode, you guys. I love you so much for listening. Uh, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. What else? I want to say, go to the Patreon page if you want to support this podcast, doing at least one bonus episode a month. 
Thank you to everyone who's supporting over there. I truly couldn't do the show without you. I love you. Okay, let's do our little cool down. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Now think about your parents or a parental figure in your life, a maternal or paternal figure in your life. Breathe out. So I just would encourage everyone to reach out to your mom, your dad, or just a maternal or paternal figure in your life. I know they've all embarrassed us at certain points, like my mom embarrassed me at that football game. But just reach out and tell them you love them. It's almost Mother's Day. And uh, please just, you know, take a moment. You know, your mom might not be around, but maybe a grandmother is around or an aunt or or just a friend in your life who is really a maternal figure. So reach out to them, tell them you love them, and, and just tell them thank you for being that in your life. And I love you all. I'm sending all the love out in the world to all of you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.